hope is in you. Faithful one, let's sing it together now. For the faithful one, so unchanging, ageless one, my rock of peace, Lord of all, I depend on you. Lord, I call out to you again. He just continues to build on top, one after another. He never goes backwards. So we know that there's more for us this evening. And I trust that you've just come expecting once again. Amen. Why don't we just sing together. You, O Lord, are a strong and mighty tower. You, O Lord, are a strong and mighty tower. You're the ever-present Oh, blessed 
service and a word of prayer and maybe if the brothers that are going to take the offering if they could just come and prepare at this time we're going to have our brother Murphy come open the service for us in a word of prayer we don't have any written prayer requests we know there's been supernatural things taking place in our midst and I believe that there's more for us there's a need that's heavy on your heart you'd like to see God move for your family but listening to people pray and just hearing them claiming loved ones claiming healing claiming deliverance say let's not give up now saints just keep pressing on in Amen. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. There's still more for us. Amen. Brother Murphy, why don't you come open the service for us and ask a blessing on the offering, if you will. Just before we pray it, I just want to say a few words. I think um, we all realize the Lord has done something very, very special to the moments. You know, when God does anything, He always asks us to make a move, to respond. And when God does something, He got a whole blessing waiting for us but you have to do the small things and when you do that small thing he will open up the whole windows then you saw the blessing of God start to fall I'm just a fellowship with the brother thinking about it and the Lord asked brother Branham said uh, you pick up a little stone and throw it into the air and then he said uh, the judgment is going to fall on the west coast and then the day after the great earthquake that happened in the west coast. Just because of a little stone, he obeyed the voice of God. Take it up. Sometimes you're thinking, how foolish that is. What a little stone to do with the greatest earthquake that ever happens. Don't have to explain that. When God asks you to move, you move. When God asks you to respond, you respond. When God asks you to raise up your hand, you lift up your hand. When God asks you to the worship, you worship Him. And a part of the worship, we give our tithes, we give us an offering. Little penny, we put it in there. That little stone can cause it an earthquake. As long as you follow God's instruction. When He moves, you move with Him. Let's just pray together. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we have filled the presence of a God since the day one, Lord. And we not only just felt it, and we know that you have a coming down, Lord. You have a coming down, meet the need of the, the people. You have a speak to your children. Lord, you have uh, healed the sickness. You have uh, healed the wounded. Lord, the, the things that we cannot do, Lord, we saw you, that you start to moving, Lord. Lord, maybe there was a mountain in front of us, but Lord, we saw the little stone start to moving, and we know the mountain is going to be moved. Lord, we have a hear your word in the last uh, few services. Lord, I myself was uh, strangely moved. Lord, sometimes we do things uh, seemingly just uh, uh, not even uh, proper to do. But Lord, it's not a we're doing it because you're moving us. Father, there's a little things that we could do. We respond to that call. We respond to that move of God. So Lord, I just pray 
even tonight as we gather together again expect uh, with a great expectation we prepare our heart we open our heart Lord we just want you to come down fill us one more time Lord all the service from the first until this morning and we know you have spoke Lord whenever that you spoke do you require us to take a faith that inside of us to take a hold of the word of God and start to move start to believe Lord, we know that we have a different way of worship you. Some quiet, some with a tear in their eye. Some just crying out, some just screaming and shouting out. Some start running. Some probably just feel so dumbfounded, don't know what to do. Oh God, you know our heart, Lord. You know the sincere heart of each person here. Lord, what is attracted at us is the word. But Lord, what attracts you is the sincerity of the children's heart. So Father, I just pray you, Lord, use your servant and speak the word that again children can understand. Not with us and with our mind, but with our soul as it opens up as a yearning. Just say, Lord, once more, Lord. Once more, just speak. Just speak to my heart. Jesus, that's all we need to hear. Lord, we don't need to hear a lot. We just hear, we just need to hear one word from you and a mood in our heart. Lord, the life can be transformed. Desire can be renewed. Lord, the, the, the people's, the, the hearts, the, the wounds that can be healed. The things that that have been praying for days and after months and the years. Lord, just one word from you. Lord, you will satisfy us. Lord, I just pray you use your servant tonight. Lord, just as we open up our heart. Lord, you go directly. Bypass the human mind. Go to the, the deepest of our soul. And speak, confirm your word to us, Lord. We give you all the thanks and glory. Lord, as we do our little part, Lord, we are worshiped. That's a part of our worship with our offering, with our oh, whatever that we put in that a box. That a box, Lord, I just pray you, Lord, you multiplied it. Lord, that, 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 what did the, let the, the children that they have put up that are, that offering just like the little woman give them a little penny and throw it in. Lord, it's not how much we put it in there. It's how sincere we have put it in there. It's how that in our heart, how we love you, Lord. We just uh, pray that our love, that you use that offering when you multiply it. And Lord, that meet it the need of this camp and that the mission field or whatever that the need has to go to. We just pray that the Lord, you come on the scene and multiply them. Lord, as your children give our whole self to you, we pray you, Lord, that you take our offering. And above all, take this body as an offering, Lord. Take this whole being as an offering. Lord, we offer our whole being, our whole heart, our physical body, our mind, and all to you. Lord, and may it be a sweet offering to you so that you can consume it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated as the deacons take in the offering.
Amen. While we take up the offering, why don't we sing together in everything. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Sister Deborah, do you want to come and go ahead and get ready for your special? Sister Deborah Perkins is going to sing for us. Maybe Sister Joanna, if it's okay, we'll have yours tomorrow. Sister Joanna Bird, wherever. There you are. There you are. Amen. And we'll have the choir come after this. And then we're going to go directly to the word. Give Brother Wayne all the time that he needs. Let's sing this while we take up the offering. Oh, in everything, give him thanks, give him thanks. In everything, give him thanks. Oh, in the good times.
Sister Deborah. Isn't it wonderful to serve a God that works everything for our good and for his glory? Every situation, every circumstance. We're going to sing a little bit about that. I had a song in my heart coming into camp, and then Brother David Meyer preached all over it Friday morning. I thought, well, we better sing it with the choir then. So, choir, why don't you go ahead and come? We're going to need a couple minutes to set them up, set up for them. So why don't we sing, So I'm Casting All My Cares on You, as they come up and get prepared. So I'm casting all my cares on you. Forgotten and I've fallen too far from 
They know I can't sing, but I do want to welcome everyone to once again Cloverdale Bible Way Camp 2022. I'd like to welcome also the saints in Cloverdale that have joined with us this evening and those that have hooked up in the internet around the world. We want to thank you for that. And we just had a blessed time. Have we had a blessed time? We indeed have had and are continuing have a blessed time. I want you to know, young people, that as we were saying the other night, this just doesn't come and happen. I want you to know there have been burdened men of God that have been praying sovereignly, individually, meeting Monday after Monday, that God would move in a supernatural way. And Brother Bram often said, he said, it's for the success of these meetings have been these men behind me. That have prayed for these meetings. And I want to thank God. And I want to thank these wonderful brethren. 
that have gathered to make these meetings. Amen. God bless them. God bless them. And I can say, Father, I thank thee, for thou hast heard me. I thank thee, for thou hast heard me. I thank thee, for he has heard you. And I knew thou wouldest hear me. And brothers and sisters, we've been having a tremendous time in the presence of the Lord through the opening of the word and I can say Father I am so thankful that you've heard us yes he can yes he can let's just sing that as we invite our precious brother Wayne Lawson to come and minister the word of God tonight and help me sing that chorus and sing it with all your hearts I appreciate you, Brother Tom. God bless you, Brother Tom. Thank you for your labors. Amen. We have certainly enjoyed the choir tonight. It's, it's a very powerful thing to hear these young people pour their hearts out. Amen. And to, uh, to hear the inspiration. Amen. The, what they believe God can still do. Amen. I certainly believe that. I want to, again, just give my greetings from our pastor, Brother Erickson, there in Ohio. Um, I was to bring greetings to you, Cloverdale, and to Brother Biscoll, and and uh, so we just want to give those greetings tonight and say God bless you and Amen. We uh, we certainly do appreciate the opportunity to speak to you all, and we have been having uh, a tremendous time in the things of the Lord, and Amen. And uh, God is God is a God of mercy and of grace, Amen. And He is able, isn't He? Amen. He's so able, Amen. And as we uh, Wanted to speak to you tonight for a little bit from the word of the Lord. And amen, I, I trust that, uh, that something has been said, uh, to be a blessing to you. Amen. But if we turn into the book of Mark, the 16th chapter, Mark chapter 16. And, um, while we have those Bibles, We just want to leave them open. And let's pray. Father, Lord, with the Bible open, we approach you to an open word, Lord. Father, a prophet has been sent into this age, Lord, to help us to understand as we read this word. 
And Lord, we're reading this knowing that every word of it is the truth. Father, we ask you tonight that it would not just be a letter on a page. But Father, may the reality of this word drop into this sanctuary. May you speak to the need of your people, Father. May you encourage and strengthen them. Father, for them that are here visible, for them that are on the line tonight, for the saints in Cloverdale who was not able to travel. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. May you send your angels among them, Father. May you energize and strengthen their faith, O God. Lord, we're asking you tonight that may the, the angels of the Lord be released around this camp, Lord. May you fill the place, Lord. May you fill it with every, every ounce, Lord. May every fiber of this building be full of your presence. Lord, we're asking you now, may you come, Lord, and do that which no man could do. Be a voice behind the voice, Lord. Be the confirmation behind your word tonight, Lord. We stand here unable, Lord, to do one thing, to heal one sick person, Lord. We know our inabilities. We're very aware of our littleness, O oh God. But we are certain of Thee. We're certain that You're a mighty God. We're certain that You have, Lord, appeared in this age to energize the faith of a believer, to believe that You did and You can and You will. Now, Lord, I ask You now that You would take over this meeting. Come to the platform, Lord. As we surrender ourselves to you, I pray that you would help me to get out of your way, Lord. Now, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. And God bless you as we read the word of the Lord. Mark 16, we'll read here from the 15th verse. And he said unto them, Go ye unto the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth. And is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. For in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. We ask the Lord to bless his word as you could be seated. This is the great commission that's been given to the church. And the, of course, uh, Brother Branham teaches us that this was the last words that Jesus spoke as he was ascending. This was his last commission. Of course, you know that there was two commissions. The first one was given. And then he sent them out with power to heal. And now he gives a second commission, which was his great commission. Now, the powerful thing about it is this word doesn't change. Uh, seasons and times and people and the world, but not the word. The word don't change. That word reads the same tonight as it did when it was written. Amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. I'm going to just take this jacket off if it's okay with you. Amen. Uh, we want to just speak to you a little bit tonight. And if I would take a title, I want to talk to you this evening about you are in position for a miracle. In position for a miracle. I want to say it one more time. In position for a miracle. We are living in a generation, of course, that don't even believe in miracles. We're living in a time when people doesn't really believe that God still does things like that. But you know...
Branham preached an entire sermon entitled The Jehovah of Miracles, meaning that our Lord is the Lord of Miracles. He is the God of Miracles. Do you know that the God that William Branham introduced us to is a God who performs miracles? Uh, I, I, am, I am certain in this time that we have been introduced to more than just a theology. We as the church of the living God have been introduced to more than just a church order or to a creed or to some doctrine. But this this message that Brother Branham has brought to us has introduced us to the person of Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is not a doctrine. The Holy Ghost is not an emotion. The Holy Ghost is a person. And that is a person of the Word. And that Word has been manifested in this age to prove to us that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if you like to study Brother Branham, there's a message called The Paradox. And I'm going to take from this in 1963 out of Chicago, Illinois. It's not, uh, the Paradox Sermon. Brother Branham actually is going to define to us a paradox. He preaches it several times. This one's coming from Chicago. He said, according to Webster, a paradox is something that seems incredible, but it's true. Therefore, a paradox, when, when there would be the same as a miracle... A paradox would be the same as a miracle. A paradox is something that seems like it just couldn't be. He says, by the knowledge of a human mind, but it's altogether incredible, but yet it's proven true. Now, a miracle would be the same thing. For a miracle cannot be explained. A miracle is something that happens and you cannot explain it. That makes it a paradox. It's incredible, but yes, it's the truth. See, people today, a lot of modernists believe that the days of miracles are past. They don't believe there is such a thing as a miracle. But yet, I believe that the world is full of miracles. I believe the paradox is constantly. Then the prophet actually believes that the paradox is constantly going on. In other words, there isn't a, there isn't a time when God is not performing paradox. There's not a time when God is not a miracle working God or the God of miracles. Amen. Let me, let me just say something tonight. Uh, how many of you have been born again? How many Holy Ghost filled people we got in here that I have a little faith now? If you've been born again, let me see a hand. Amen. Uh, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hands in this building tonight. Uh, the majority of the people in this building have been born again. Let me read what Brother Branham says. He said, I believe that every born again member of the body of Christ is a paradox in themselves. He said, I believe each one of you, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, some of you that had never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost was in some formal church that didn't even believe in a genuine new birth. But now you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it is a perfect example of a paradox because something has happened to you that changed your whole being. And anyone that could look at you and know what a paradox is, it is a miracle. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? You are are a perfect example of a paradox. Amen. People don't even believe in paradox, but I myself am a paradox. You, you yourself are a paradox. Amen. How could you not believe in a paradox when you are a paradox? 
I'll tell you, a man with the Holy Ghost is a paradox for sure. A human being doesn't supposed to love. He, he's not supposed to forgive. He, he's not supposed to have the nature of Christ. Amen. But God can do something in a life to so change you. Amen. That your very life and your very testimony is a paradox within itself. Amen. A perfect example of a paradox when a man is born of the Spirit of God. I'll tell you something tonight. I believe that God is a God of paradox. I believe you are an example of a paradox. Amen. So if nobody's ever seen a miracle, again, how many of you have been born again tonight? If you've never seen a miracle, turn around and look at somebody, amen, that's been born again. And now you are a witness to a paradox. You have just witnessed a paradox. If you're a witness, then you are to be, amen, testifying that God is a God of paradox. He's a God of miracles. Is that right? Now, I know that we're living in that kind of season when things are hard. Do you know that Jesus himself, when he was here, he spoke to the generation that he was living in, and he said unto them, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah. I think it's a powerful thing that our Lord would acknowledge that the day we're living is much like the day when Noah was living. And in that day, there's special things that God did. And one of those great things was, is he sent grace into the most wicked of ages that had been from that day till now. The scripture tells us that every imagination was upon evil. Amen. Everybody was thinking about it. There was so much evil going on in that age. Amen. But you see, God is a God of mercy and of grace, no matter what is happening in the world that you are in. Do you know the Bible said that God, amen, gave grace unto Noah? And the Bible said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, God made a way of escape in a time when there was no escape. Amen. Because God is a God of mercy and he is a God of paradox. Now, amen, I think it's powerful to me that Noah himself received grace which was a revelation. You see if God's giving you grace, he's giving you a revelation. And that revelation would become the way of salvation to any believer. You see you can't be saved by your works. You'll you'll never escape judgment by by your intellectual abilities. You only escape judgment by grace. And God is the one that gives grace, his sovereign grace, and grace is a revelation. Now, it was quite a hard thing for Noah in his generation because God showed him something that the rest of the world didn't see. And God showed Noah a revelation that the world had not received yet, that they had not saw. So Noah was coming to a generation to give them a word when they were a scientific and intellectual people and they were receiving scientific messages, they were receiving intellectual messages, but they wasn't receiving revelation. Amen. But God gave him a revelation in the age of intellect. Amen. Amen. What a parallel to the day we're living when everybody's mind is on scientific proof and on intellectual minds and, and figuring everything out. But God, who is rich in mercy, saw the wickedness of the age that we was in. And just as Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, he has chosen a vessel in the last.
last day and gave grace unto a prophet to come to the church of the living God and provide a way of escape in a time of tribulations and judgment. But there will be a bride who will not be destroyed with the earth because of a revelation that came unto an age. You talk to me about anything you want to, but what I really want to talk about is the revelation that will save us. The revelation that will get us out of here. Amen. People are trying to build all kinds of things. I'm not interested in all the buildings. I'm not interested in all the kingdoms. I'm interested in a revelation that will change us and it will bypass the judgments and get us into another dimension. That's what we're interested in. Amen. And isn't it amazing the parallel that God would cause Noah to preach a revelation. Amen. To a group that don't receive revelation. Amen. He would preach revelation in a scientific age. In other words, the scientists could disprove Noah's message by their science. They could disprove Noah's message by their intellect. But it was true anyhow. Because Noah didn't make it up. Noah didn't get it out of a science book. Noah received a revelation from God of an oncoming judgment. Do you recognize there is a world full of people today that have heard the same message you have heard, but they're trying to prove it by science or disprove it by science or, or prove it by intellect or disprove it by intellect. Let me tell you what, this message didn't come intellectually and it cannot be received intellectually. You're going to have to have faith to believe. You've got to believe God. Amen. And God gave a believer faith to believe when he could not prove. When you can't prove it, that's when you believe it. Is that right? People say, well, we proved the message wrong. Amen. You can't prove it wrong because it come from God. You might prove it wrong in your own little mind. You might prove it wrong in your own little club. But you'll never prove it wrong by the Bible. Because God is the one that sent the message. And God is the one that will back this message up. Because it is a revelation of the salvation of God in the last days. My, I, 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 I'm not ashamed of the word of the Lord. I'm not ashamed of this because it's the escape of the church in the last day. The amen people say to me all the time. So Brother Wayne, do you not believe... Amen. That a man can be saved. Amen. Without receiving this brother Branham's message. You, you don't think man can be saved? Well, now I never said that because there's different classes of people. There's a foolish virgin that's going to go through tribulation. There's 144,000 that's got to receive two witnesses. Amen. There is a group of people in Matthew 25 that will never even have a new birth, but they will come in because they were good to somebody who was a part of the bride. There is different classes, but if you're going to be a part, of the rapturing pride in the last days. There is only one message that will produce a rapture. There's only one word that will produce a message and God gave it to an uneducated 6th grade Kentucky hillbilly. Amen. To humble us to receive God. Amen. Even when we don't understand it, it comes from God anyhow. Amen. I know. Can you imagine how all Noah had was the word of the Lord. All he had was the word of the Lord. Amen. But you know what God did? God put him in the door of the ark. And you had to go by Noah to get in that ark. 
You man, let me tell you something. Crash is the door. And God put a man named William Branham next to the door. Who introduced Christ in this age? Who introduced the real Jesus in this age? The Baptists has got you a Jesus. The Lutherans got you a Jesus. Presbyterians has got you a Jesus. But the Bible prophesied there would be an Elijah ministry in the last days. And there on that old however, there was a voice come out of heaven as John the Baptist forerun the first coming. Amen. Your message will introduce him. His second, come on church. You know it's true. And in 1933 it was a prophecy. But in 1965, William Branham preached a message. This day this scripture is fulfilled. And he recalled the account on the river and said this day, this scripture is fulfilled. What's he talking about? He introduced Jesus. Amen. Not outside. He didn't introduce him as a theology. Not as a doctrine. Oh God. Can I, can I preach guys? Is this alright? Amen. He didn't introduce him as a doctrine or theology. But when John introduced Jesus, it was easy to see the difference. Because John just pointed at another man. And he introduced the Lamb of God. But in the last days, amen, the promise of Isaiah 9. Amen. It was see God who would be with us in the days of Jesus. But in John 14, Jesus said, I will come and I will be with you, even in you. So William Branham was not introducing a Jesus outside of the Holy Ghost. But he was telling you, the God that I'm introducing is the God that's on the inside of me. And I'm producing the mystery of godliness. The entire age was looking for God. And there was a man introducing the very door that would take you back into heaven. Amen. We have not received a psychology lesson. We have not received an intellectual lesson. We have received a word from another kingdom that will satisfy the believer. That will satisfy the bride. It won't satisfy an intellectual mind. It won't satisfy the scientific book. But if you're a believer, it is a satisfying portion of the power of God that has come in the last days. Come on, you come too late to tell me. I've been studying this for 20 years. I've seen every one of these prophecies clearly in the Bible. Come on. You might not know who you are, but I do. You may not know what you're capable of, but I do. The same God that created the heavens and the earth has been introduced in the church in the last day. You may say what Brother Bram said. He said the first Elijah did it by introducing the Lamb. He said this Elijah will do it by introducing a word-born bride. You might not know, but I know. You may not realize, but I do. That the greatest force on the face of the earth is sitting right here. The greatest anointed body on the face of the earth is sitting in the house of the living God. The bride of Jesus Christ is the voice of mercy. She is the power of God in the age that she's living in. I know people don't believe you got power, but you got more power than you know. I can prove it by the Bible. There's a tribulation coming. Do you believe that? There's a tribulation coming. Do you all know that's true? Do you know why it ain't here already? Amen. Do you know why it ain't here already? Do you know why the tribulation ain't here already? The devil's here already. 
Brother Ram said way back there, the lid's been taken off of hell. Every devil has poured out into this age. Then why hasn't he taken over? Why hasn't he taken over Cloverdale? Why hasn't he taken over your lives? Why hasn't he taken over the church? Because there's a bride who's standing in the way. And she's standing there saying, Satan, Satan, you get back in your banks. You cannot have this bride. You cannot take this bride. We will not surrender. Oh God, we'll fight him in the church. We'll fight him in the in the gutters. We'll fight him. But one thing we will not do, we will not surrender. We will not back up. We will not step aside. We will hold our positions. We are in position to see the greatest miracle that's ever been seen of mankind. God didn't put you here to be run over. He put you here to perform a miracle. If we could just go to the, to the nature. How many believes in nature? If you don't believe the Bible, how about nature? The moon puts the tide back in his place. The, the oceans will come up on the banks and the moon will turn toward it and say that's far enough. Oh, come on, church. And then the tide has to turn. I'm telling you tonight, the devil has been encroaching. He's been trespassing. He's been coming in. But Jesus said, whatsoever thou bound upon the earth, I'll bind it in heaven. You've got a voice tonight. It's time to use it. You've got a voice tonight. It's time to prophesy back to this devil and say, get back in your bank, Satan. I feel the tides turning. I feel the tides turning. I feel the tide is turning tonight. There's a turning point in the house of God. There's a turning point in Cloverdale Bible Way. Drive down a stake. Put in a marker. There has been a refreshing from the presence of God. We are new tonight. So, Brother Wayne, is it about over? No, we ain't even got started yet. We're going to push this devil out of every life. We're going to push him out of every home. We're going to push him out of every young person. We were designed of God to push that devil out. You got more power than you know. You got more power than you know. And Satan knows it. That's why he's trying to get you to hush up. That's why I don't want you to amen the word. That's why I don't want you to rejoice. That's why I don't want you to believe. Because if a believer begins to believe and the weakest Christian begins to pray, even all hell begins to tremble. I know who you are. By the word of the Lord, I know who you are. Not because I can prove it. But by the word of the Lord, I know who you are. I know this is the season. I know that you are the people. I know that this is the time. Amen. We are at an event of the presence of God. He has refilled and refreshed and re-anointed the church to remember where they come from. To remember why God put them on the earth. I didn't put you here to be run over. He put you... Put you here to put the devil in his place. Can I say this? If the devil ain't under your feet, he's out of his place. If the devil ain't under your feet, he's out of his place. Then you are commanded of the Lord. Put him back in his place tonight. Say to him, Satan. Satan. 
get under my feet. And then stop his head off because you are anointed to do it. You're anointed to do it. You've been elected to do it. Ordained before the world ever began. No, it's not a pep rally. It is a reality of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is more to you than just a human being. There is more to you than a human being. There is a deity part. And you focused on the human. And you focused on the problems. And you focused on the troubles. But some point in your life, you've got to turn to the deity part. And see your son or daughter of God. And confess what the word I, the word of the Lord, you've been prophesied over. The word of the Lord has came. And Brother Ben said, you give me a church. He said, that'll stay in line with thus saith the Lord. Are you hearing me? Every action is thus saith the Lord. If they'll stay in line with the message, you show me that kind of a church, I'll show you a Messiah. Come on. You, you can say, well, it's a church down there. It's a church down there. A prophet says it's a Messiah. You say, oh, it's just a church. It's just Cloverdale. A prophet looked at it and said, if it'll stay in line with the message of the hour, it is a Messiah to the age it's living in. And we are not here to be controlled. We are here to control. We are here to command, to tell the devil that we're here by the authority of Almighty God. Well, you probably didn't get up this morning, look in the mirror and say, hey, there's a Messiah. (laughs) Brother Tom, I I don't figure you rolled out of bed this morning. Look square in the mirror and said, there's a Messiah. I'll tell you why. Because there's a natural side to you. And when you look in that mirror, you see the natural man. You see the mistakes, the troubles, the trials. I'm preaching to you. That's all you're seeing. That's all you're looking at. And because of the vision you're seeing in that mirror, you didn't invite anybody to come to the mirror with you and say, look at the Messiah. You didn't, did you? Did anybody? I hope not. But you find it in the message. You find Brother Branham saying you're Messiah. You find the message saying you're a God. And you, you preach meetings about it. You invite people. Come here and look what the mirror said I am. I'll tell you this, friends. Mirrors are not for the neighborhood. Come on, you don't get up and use the neighborhood mirror down there. Mirrors are for personal homes. They're in personal places. Because this message is not just your mom's message or your dad's message or brother Ed's message or brother Lawson's message. This is a personal message to every believer that reads this Bible. There is a word that is prophesied over your life. By the word of the Lord. Come on now, nobody wanted to receive him because all he was preaching was revelation. His revelation wasn't very popular among the intellectual sites, among the scientific groups. Amen, but it come from God. And he stood by that door. And if you wanted in it, you had to come by him. Are you hearing me? You had to come by him. Now I want you to think about something. Amen, that the people that came by him and got on that boat... You know, uh, uh, years later, the rain comes, you know. Hey, man, the, the rain comes, the judgment comes, and the boat lands. 
Abraham said, now I want to ask you a question. He said, there's coming a new heaven and a new earth. He said, who is going to be in that new heaven? He said, who's going to be in that new earth? He went back to Noah and said, who was it got off the ark? He said, it's the ones that got on the ark. Your step into the new world is your step into the ark of God. Your first step into Noah's boat is your first step into the kingdom of God. When you step into the ark, you have stepped into a new dimension, into a new world. You see, you see, when Noah got on that boat, they confirmed it. Now they they sealed the doors up and they had to have a little patience. Because that was a miracle coming. And they were in the right place. Don't you know the devil tried to talk them out of that one? Oh, it's been seven days. And we ain't seen no rain. And you got us locked up in here. You got us locked up and we ain't seen nothing. Amen. But Noah had saw it. Noah had saw it. How did Noah see it? He saw it by revelation. Do you see? And the people that got on the ark saw the flood as well. But they saw it when they heard it preached. They never saw the clouds. They never saw the participation or precipitation. They saw the revelation and believed it and followed him into the ark under their safety. By the time the others figured out what they already knew, it was too late for them to get onto the ark. Oh, come on. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. I imagine there was all kinds of boats built during that time. Everybody had their own church. Everybody had their own revelation. But there was only one that was going to float. There was only one that was going to float. And that was the one God designed. You see, God gives you the word of the Lord. He did the same thing in this age. Gave the word of the Lord for the salvation of the people. When you go back in there and you look and see. Now, you're going to have to believe somebody because everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a lesson. Everybody's got a sermon. Everybody's got a teaching. But it's up to you what boat you're going to get on. It's up to you what you're going to dedicate your life to. The place you are today, there is no other escape. Either it's judgment or mercy. See, when the rain started falling, it was a dividing time. They didn't have a fence to sit on. They didn't have a place to that no man land. Well, I'm not getting in this fight. I'm not, I'm not going to get in. They didn't have that place. They was in or they was out. Come on now. You're going to have to make a decision. You're in or you're out. Somebody said, well, I don't know yet. Then it is a decision to be out if you don't make a decision to get in. An indecision is a decision to not go in. But Satan, he, he likes to play that one. Just put it off till it don't matter no more. Well, this decision matters. This is one that matters. And by the word of the Lord, look what he did. He preached. He preached the word of the Lord unto them. And they couldn't receive it. Now, it's amazing that God would require somebody to receive the word of the Lord. Now, you go back in and you look into, into our generation. And you can see that, uh, that there was a man being Brother Bosworth. Hey, man, I don't know if you realize this or not. But when Brother Branham tells the story about going and praying for a boy who's in the hospital with diphtheria. Amen. The boy was at the point of death and Brother Bam began to pray for him. Remember? Amen. Do y'all know that was Bob Bosworth, who was Brother Bosworth's son? And he was laying at the point of death and his parents didn't know if he was going to live. Brother Bam comes in there and begins to pray for him. And when he finishes that prayer, he announces a healing over the, Mr. Bosworth's son. 
And, and Brother Man says, when he did that, he said, listen, now there was no changes in the instruments. He said, there was no changes in nothing. He said, but the sister all of a sudden began to say, she began to look at it and say, oh, thank God, our boy is going to live. Now think about this. The nurse turned around and looked at her and said, what is wrong with you? Every instrument we have says he's going to die. Amen. Remember them famous words? Brother Bosworth looks at the nurse and says to her, honey, you've been trained to look at them reports. You've been trained to read that. He said, but see, we have been trained. We have been trained to look away from the condition and look unto the word of the Lord. We've been trained to believe the word of the Lord despite the conditions of the ages that we're living in. We're not going to die. You're going to live. <laughs> Look what he did. They begin to rejoice. My son's going to live. He's not going to die. He's going to live because they had received the word of the Lord. Hey, man, do you know it's amazing to me that that's exactly what happens in the scripture when Apostle Paul comes along and begins to confess about this end time age and he prophesies in First Thessalonians 4. And he said, I say unto you by the word of the Lord. I say unto you by the word of the Lord. Do you know if you look at Paul's revelation, he is not quoting Isaiah exactly. <laughs> Isaiah said, death shall be swallowed in victory. Isaiah said, your covenant with death shall be broken. He meant, but Paul read what Isaiah had to say. And then he read that portion of scripture where Elijah was carried in a chariot. And then he read that portion of scripture where Enoch walked off of the earth. And then he comes along to the Thessalonians and said, I say unto you, by the word of the Lord. He's bringing a revelation that tied together multiple places in the scripture and brought them to the Thessalonians and said, you'll be the culmination of Elijah and Enoch and the, the Abraham and the resurrection. He was telling the Thessalonians that. <laughs> Can I preach to you now? He was telling the Thessalonians that. Do y'all know the Thessalonians didn't take that body change? They didn't take that change. He was making a promise to them. How many knows that God will call somebody and make a promise to them? Y'all remember Abraham? God called Abraham, made a promise. Remember, he said, you shall possess the land. Do you know the Bible says in Acts 7 that, that Abraham never possessed that land? That Abraham never owned one spot of that land. But he possessed it by a confession. And God promised it to Abraham, but gave it to his seed under the administration of Joshua. So he called Abraham and made a promise to him. But that promise would be given to another generation. Because God promises to one generation. And another generation lives out the promise that was made. And the Thessalonians did not live to see the changing of the body. But they had the word of the Lord. But God has promised that in the last days that there would be a revelation that would open up. He said, preacher, what are you talking about? I'll tell you why they didn't make it. How many knows why they didn't go in the rapture in that day? Paul comes along in 1 Corinthians and said, I'll show you a mystery that we'll not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Oh, wait a minute. He called it a mystery. Then when he called it a mystery, do you know what he done? He locked the rapture. He locked it. You say, how did he lock it? Because God will do nothing until first he sends a prophet, not even a rapture. 
can take place. No events can take place until God sends a prophet. So 1 Corinthians prophesies that there would be a prophet come in the last day who would take the revelation of Paul that promised to the Thessalonians and promised to the Corinthians and he would open up that mystery as the word of the Lord and there would be a group of believers. There would be a group of young people that would be able to step into the revelation of God. They would see the door. They would see it flung wide open. Hallelujah. We might not understand all the doctrine, but this message has opened a door. <laughs> now, by the word of the Lord. See, by the word, by the word of the Lord. Do you see what it does? It has a prophet. Only the word can come to a prophet. Amos 3 and 7. Then it don't matter the condition you're in. When God sends a prophet, that is the channel to bring change in any situation. I'll prove it to you by the Bible. Come on now. Go to Ezekiel 37 and stand on the mountain. And Ezekiel looks at the bones and the Lord said to him, can they live? And he said, Lord, I don't know if they can or not. And the Lord said to him, prophesy, prophet. Prophesy, prophet. And when he began to prophesy, things began to change. The condition was horrible. But the change came not from the bones, but it came from the speaker. Y'all ever read that portion of scripture? It's confusing. Amen. It's a little funny how it reads. Amen. Because Ezekiel starts prophesying. He said, oh, you dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. I never seen a bone with an ear. I mean, am I missing it? But isn't ears cartilage covered by skin? Hear ye, old dry bones. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Then there is certain commands that go beyond the hearer. There are certain commands that come from God that goes above your ability to hear. But when the word is spoken, it was directed to a favored part. And there was a part of God laying in that vessel. God. Oh, hallelujah. And when God commanded, the bones responded because God had commanded. Now, I want y'all to recognize something. We're living in an age, Brother Bram said, the army's already standing. You're not the valley of dry bones. You're not coming to restoration. You are a restored army. She's already up. She's already alive. Amen. Listen now, but God can cause a prophecy to cause anything to take place. If God can raise a dead army out of the ground by his word, what more could he do with the church of the living God who is alive and on fire for the power of God? You don't have to be resurrected. You're already resurrected. You don't have to be lifted. You're already lifted. I can't hardly contain myself. I'm sorry. I probably, y'all probably think I'm a fool. Amen. But I, but who's full of you? <laughs> so this rapture's a mystery. Then it's got to come through a prophet. Amos 3 and 7 said, the Lord could do nothing without a prophet. Utterance of change comes from prophets. In Revelation, the 10th chapter, it says that in the last day, an angel will come out of heaven with an open book in his hand. Is that right? Said he lifted his hands and swore the time shall be no more. So it's an end time event. It's an end time age, right? And it's a, it's a word coming from heaven. 
But the Bible says in the seventh, seventh verse of the 10th chapter, it said that the seventh angel shall begin to sound and the mystery of God would be finished. Now, if the mystery is the word, then it had to come to a prophet. So where are you going to find a prophet in the last days? Where are you going to find a prophet in this age? The churches couldn't do it. The people couldn't do it. It would take a prophet. But according to Malachi chapter 4, he said Elijah would come and restore the children back to the faith of the apostolic fathers. So he's going to send Elijah. But read the verses above it. He said, I want you to remember Moses. But I'm going to send you Elijah. He said, what in the world does Moses have to do with Elijah? Do you know the spirit of both shows up in the end time? Come on now. In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, it said in latter days, he said perilous times shall come. And he goes through a list of horrible conditions. He said, but then as Janice and Jambers withstood Moses, so do these men resist truth. Moses will end up in the last day or at least a ministry like Moses. So let's remember Moses a minute. What happened with Moses? How many of you ever read in the unveil of God? Or Brother Bram said, according to 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians 3, amen, that Moses got so much on the glory of God that he had to cover his face. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember, if you ever go study that portion of scripture, you'll find out that that's on Moses' second trip to the mountain. His first trip to the mountain, he receives the anointing and puts the word of the Lord on two tablets of stone. But when he comes off of the mountain, he finds a condition down there. He's, remember, he gets upset. Amen. He flies off the handle and he throws the commandments at the people. Remember that? And he breaks the commandments. Brother Bram said, which is a prophecy? That the commandment would be broken. In other words, the priesthood would be broken. He said, but when he broke the law, he said they had no way to get it back. According to scripture, the law was broken to pieces. How are they going to get back what they've lost? How's it going to be restored? But Moses went back on the same mountain and he prayed and said, Lord, if I have found grace, if I have found grace in your sight, he said, restore to me the commandments, Lord. Amen. Write it down again. And God restored the commandments exactly like they had in the beginning. And Moses covers himself with a veil and comes off of the mountain. Come on now. You know this Elijah ministry is going to restore the word. He's going to restore back everything that's been lost. And in that restoration, he will restore the word of the Lord that will cause the rapturing of the church in the last days. According to scripture now, in Joel chapter 2, he said, I shall restore everything that has been lost. It shall be given back. In Luke 17, 30, you see that it is the son of man. Amen. In Revelations 1, you see that it's the spirit of wisdom that will open the eyes of the church. Now, now you know if your eyes are going to be opened, you're going to see something. Well, if this message opens your eyes, what would you see? Let me ask you something. What's necessary to see? What would it be necessary to see in this age? It would be necessary to see the presence of God. Because if you can see the presence of God, 
Amen. Anything you need is possible in the presence of God. In the presence of God is where everything takes place. My, when you come into the presence of God, that's exactly where you find your dominion. That's where you find that you share a throne. That's where you find your authority. It's in the presence of God. Now, I think and believe that a prophet of God taught us that it's by the word of the Lord. He said that the revelation that you're receiving is a revelation of faith. How many of you know that in the rapture book, Brother Bram said the rapture is a... What did y'all say? The rapture is a revelation. A rapture, the rapture is a revelation. According to the rapture book, Brother Bram said the bride would be waiting on that. So there's a lot of people waiting on that. But if you like to read the rapture book, you'll find out, Brother Bram said they're waiting on it. About three pages later, he'll tell you what the rapture revelation is. Go with me. He'll tell you what the rapture revelation is. You said, what is the rapture revelation? He said, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice, and with a trump. So the, the rapture revelation we were waiting on is that it's in a threefold manner. And the first fold of the rapture is the message of William Branham. So how can you go in the rapture and deny the message that is the rapture? Come on, church. We're not just going in a rapture. We are the rapture. Brother Branham's message was the sound. But the bride is the voice. The voice of resurrection. Not just what we're saying with our lips, but what we are living with our lives. Every step is thus saith the Lord. It is a rapture revelation. Now, if it's, now I'll just, I'll just say this. I know there's a lot of ideas out there on it and I don't, I don't care to, I don't care to, uh, argue the points. Amen. I, I've already been in, uh, I've already heard what the prophet said about it. Amen. And I'll tell you what he said about it. He said there's no higher order to receive a revelation than a prophet. So either we got a rapture revelation or we're looking for a prophet. But I'm not looking for a prophet because I believe what the one he sent said. I believe this message. I don't, I don't question it. I don't, I'm not confused about it. I'm not worrying about it. Listen, if you're trying to read this message out there in the world and out there among your friends and you're trying to make it make sense to unbelievers, you'll never catch the revelation. But if you go in a secret place where it's just you and God and the Word, amen, you will see that this message is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. You will find the anointing for the rapture. You will find the anointing for a revival. You will find an anointing for a change. Come on church, the rapture is already on you. When you took the message, how many took it? When you took the message, he was taking you. Uh, I'm not a good fisherman, but I understand the principle. You throw a bait. You cast a bait. And they take the bait. Well, I'm off of my track, but i got to preach it here. You throw the bait. And they catch it. There is no fish ever caught a fisherman. No fish ever caught a fisherman. No trout ever come up and laid on the bank and said, well, I was glad I caught him. Come on, church. You never caught the message. You never caught God. You never caught the revelation. It caught you. 
if you pull back the veil. If I ever pull back the veil and you look in what's behind here, it'll consume you. It'll take you. It'll take your life. It'll completely impact you. And there is no getting away from it. You know what that bait for the rapture is? It's the third pool. Remember, Brother Brown, fishing in that lake? One pool, little fishes. Second pool, little bigger fishes. But when he jerked it hard, the little fish scattered. But it attracted the big ones. Listen, he wasn't trying to catch a bunch of fish. He was trying to catch a certain fish. Come on, church. This message caught you. This message claimed you. And once he hooked you, he's the best fisherman that ever was. I can, I can say this about him. He has never lost one. He never lost one fish. You can struggle. You can run. You can do whatever you want to. But he never lost one fish. Oh, I'd love to see God fish. If you ever fished, how many of you ever fished? Fish will go over and get tangled up in the weeds. And, and they get a little harder to hold because they're in the weeds. But you know what a good fisherman do? He'll just let his drag off a little. Give him, give the fish his head a little. And he'll come out of them weeds. And he'll start swimming the other way. And you just hold just a little tension on him. No, not enough to break the line. But just a little tension. And he'll swim and swim. In a minute, he'll get tired. And when he gets tired, you can turn his head. Amen. Let me tell you. You may have thought. You may have thought that you were just out there in that weed bed. You may have thought that you had got off the hook. But God just give you a little line that lets you make up your mind. I don't want to live in this weed bed. I don't want to live in this world. And God begins to reel you in. I come from a... I come from a river, Brother Tom. We used to, we used to float the river. And before we ever took off, we knew the river pretty clear. We're going to catch some fish before we'd ever take off. Uh, we, we would tell the family, say, hey, when we get in tonight, we're going to have a fish fry. And there, we, we had big fish fries. Half the family would come. 30, 40 people would gather up. We'd be on the river fishing. We announced a fish fry before we ever went. And you know what we did while we was going down that river? Every time we caught one. He didn't go back. He went in the live well. He was going home for supper. We had a reason to catch them fish. We had a purpose for them fish. And we were taking them home with us. And let me tell you, God's got a purpose for you. He's already numbered this bride. He's already invited people to the supper. He's got your name on a seat. And he's never lost one. He's taken you home to a rapture. Let all the devils out of hell fight it. But you'll never stop it. You're not going to stop this. No, sir. And neither is the devil going to stop this meeting. Amen. There's a momentum moving in this meeting with the power of God. The young people are catching the word. The spirit of God is moving in the church. Amen. It's time for you as a believer to say, Satan, you've lied to me long enough. You can't hold me in the weed bed no more. Turn loose tonight and say, God, I'm going home. Come on, bride. Come on up. Come on up. Amen. You are a dimensional creature. Come out of the weeds. Come out of the murky water. 
Trophy trout. <laughs> Trophy trout. We're not just fishing for fish. Trophy trout. So, Brother Wayne, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say God don't have a higher order than a prophet. And we have received the revelation that will cause the rapture of the church. You know we're not waiting on it. And we're not looking for it. It's here. Can I, can I give you the reason that that matters? Can I really express the reason that matters? Because Satan is trying to keep you looking for it. And if he keep you looking for it, he's kept you from looking at it. Come on. There's a difference in looking for something and looking at something. If you're looking for the book, that's one thing. But if you found it, if you know the book is open, you can look at that book and it'll change you. Three different parables in the book of Luke. Lost sheep, prodigal son, and a woman with a coin. Remember it? In every parable, there's a lot of shouting going on. Lost sheep comes home and they rejoiced. She found her coin, they rejoiced. Right? Prodigal son come home, they rejoiced. But you know what the better thing is about that every parable? There was one thing they did before they rejoiced. They quit looking. They quit looking. And it's time to quit looking for the message. It's time to quit looking for thus saith the Lord. It's time to quit looking for rapturing faith. You are in possession of it. If you would just look at it, it would change your life. It would change your being. Look at it not as an idea. Look at it not as a, as a, as a figment of some man, but look at it as the word of the Lord. So Brother Wayne, what are you saying? I'm saying that Brother Ram said when you see it, that justification made a way for sanctification. And sanctification made a way for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost made a way for the person to come. He said, now when you see that, he said, you'll be like that Welchman over there in the Welch revival. Two men, look, there's three men in that revival. Three men in that story. Two men are looking for the revival. (laughs) There's people here tonight saying, where is the bride's revival? Where is the bride's revival? They're looking for the revival. But there was one man in that story that says it's not in any building. It's not in any church you can find. But I am the Welsh revival. And there's people here tonight looking for revival. But there's somebody that has recognized this is that that Joel has prophesied in the last day. I shall restore, saith the Lord. There is a restored bride sitting right here. There are mature Christians in this building. Eagles of God that know who they are. Know where they come from. They know where they're going. I'm not looking for revival. I am the revival. I'm not looking for another message. I'm not looking for an eighth day preacher. I'm not looking for another great man to rise up. Come on, I'm not looking for a personality to follow. There's one person I'm interested in. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, he said, the Lord himself descended. Christ himself is here. Christ has come in the form of the word. And the word has been devoured as bread. And now it's living in our lives. 
communion. As you have ate it, it has become you. I say unto you, by the word of the Lord. By revelation. Do you see what revelation does? There is no higher order than the importance of revelation. It is the most prevailing power. Revelation is the most prevailing power. There is nothing more powerful than revelation. Now, people say, Brother Wayne, I'm waiting for that rapture revelation. Well, let me take you to the message again. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Brother Bram said, when the bride recognizes who she is, then the rapture will go. What is the rapture revelation then? When the bride... How are you going to know who you are? Are you going to read a book and find out? Are you going to read some science book? Some teacher going to tell you? That kiss education's confused people. They can't even figure out if they're male and female. They can't figure out what color they are. Can't figure out what gender they are. They can't figure out nothing in this generation. Because intellectuals has confused man. But Satan is the author of confusion. But revelation breaks the backbone of confusion. And I know where I come from. I know where I'm going. I have come from God. I'm going back to God. This message has come to pick me up. You see what it is? The gates of hell will come against this message, but it will not prevail. The gates of hell will be against it. Brother Bram said, what's the gates of hell against? It's not against the ages before you. The gates of hell is against the spiritual revelation of Christ being here now. What's the devil against? Christ being here now. The devil has already left the idea if he can get you to think that Brother Branham came and that's all there is to it. But he can't stand the idea that you would receive that Christ is here now. All the hell is against it. But there is a prevailing revelation. Now listen, when this revelation begins to break, this revelation brings the church into another level. It brings them into a power that there is no higher order, there's no higher way, because that prophet vindicates the word to that age. Listen, can I can I can I say it like this? Where there's a question, there has to be an answer. When scriptures are prophesied, there has to be an answer to that scripture. Right? Now, the message holds the answer to First Thessalonians 4. Right? The message of the hour. Is the answer to 1 Thessalonians 4. The same as Jesus was the answer to a virgin shall conceive. It was the manifestation of what was prophesied. So the manifestation answers the question. Without a shadow of doubt. Perfect faith. To a perfect interpretation. Then what you find out is, is that God gives the revelation. He gives the answer himself. Just like in the Bible when Zechariah 9 you kind of jumped on me this morning. <laughs> I wanted to ride with you. Zechariah 9. You remember? Behold, thy king cometh to thee. Riding upon the foal of an ass. So remember, there was, to be, there was to be something that would bring the Messiah into Jerusalem at a certain time. Now, when they seen the Messiah coming into Jerusalem, when they seen that, some people recognized it was the answer. They seen, they had heard Zechariah 9 preached about. They'd heard all the Pharisees take Zechariah 9 and explain it. 
But here was the answer of Zechariah 9 right in front of their eyes. Now think about this. 4,000 years of prophecy was coming off of that mountain. 4,000 years. There's the woman's seed. There's Abraham's seed. There he is. There's Zechariah 9. There he is coming off of the mountain. Right in front of them. The ones that saw it began to rejoice and there was no way to shut them up. Because they saw the answer to the time they were living in. They knew who that was. How would you stop them once they saw that? Now the Bible actually records that they got to shouting so loud. Hey man, that the Pharisees wanted them to shut them down. Remember, they said to Jesus, can you tell them to hold their peace? And that famous statement coming, Jesus said, if they hold their peace, them rocks are going to cry out. Can I, can I say something here? With what's been released in this age, if the group of ministry in the last day refuses to preach this revelation, God will raise up nobodies to preach it. God will make rocks stand up out of the ground to preach it. The very creation itself. Can, can I say this? If you would put a microphone on a tree, it would preach the sermon I'm preaching tonight. If you could put a microphone on that tree, it would be screaming, Come on, pride. Come on, pride. Come on, pride. It's rapture season. It's Messiah season. It's your time. It's your age. Press the battle. Don't give up. Don't turn around. The trees would preach it without doubt. They would preach it without confusion. Because they would have nobody to impress. They would have nobody to worry about. And a rock, who does it care? What does it care? It's a nobody to begin with. The most dangerous person you have is a nobody. You know why I can say that? Because I'm a nobody. You know what that means? It means I'm very dangerous. Then that means I really don't care what doctor so-and-so thinks about me. I really don't care what Baptist so-and-so thinks about me. I don't care what the local Catholics think about me. I don't care what the newspapers think about me. I am interested in one person. I am looking in the bleachers looking for my trainer. And what does he think about this? He says, keep your eyes on the word. Preach the message of the hour. And let it change the people of God. Listen. What would happen if we raised the rock up right now and said testify? Do you ever think about what the rock would say if you asked him to preach? Come, Mr. Rock, to the platform. What would he say? Well, let me tell you what a rock would say. A rock knows what happened in the garden. Come on, he can preach serpent seed like nobody's business. He could preach it without any hindrance, without any underbelief. He saw it for his own self. The rock saw the creator. He knows how it happened. The rock was there in creation. He was there in the garden. The rock was there all the time. He was there when Solomon's temple was formed. He could tell you the creator is also the former. He could tell you when they put me in the temple, I saw the glory. When it came down upon the word, he could testify to you. Once you get the word, if you'll dedicate your life to the word, the Shekinah will come to every life. Listen to me, church. We've got the word. It's dedication time. Not to a Baptist theology. Not to the ideas of man. But to the message of the hour. (laughs) That rock. Let's pick his testimony up. 
That rock preached serpent seed to you. He could tell you about a lot of beautiful stories, couldn't he? Can you imagine that rock that was laying down there in the valley? What's the name of that valley, Ronnie? That Goliath showed up in. What is it? Ella, the valley of Ella. You may ever read about the valley of Ella. That's where the that's where the that's where the Goliath showed up against the entire army of the living God. Have you ever wondered why that Goliath showed up in the valley? He believed a dumb lie that was going around about God. He, he really did. Do you know there was a battle in the Bible when the children of Israel beat the beat beat the armies of of, of Ahab, Ahab beat the armies of the Syrians, I believe it is, and the Bible te- or the Philistines, and they beat them, but they was way up on the mountain when they did it. And, and, and whenever the battle was over, a prophet come back to Ahab and prophesied. And he said, listen now, don't, 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 don't get comfortable. He said, there's another battle coming. There's another battle coming. Another battle's coming at you. But the God that did it the first time is going to do it again. And remember what he done? He told him, he said, but this time the devil's coming in the valley. Because there's wind out of saying among them that you're only God on the mountain. That you're not a God in the valley. Amen. There was a saying among them bunch of devils. As long as the bride's on a mountain, she's a powerful church. But you get her in a valley and you can destroy her. Get her out of church a few weeks. She's easy. Get her in a problem. She's easy. Get her in some family arguments. She's easy. Just get her in a valley. But the prophet prophesied and said, because the devil has said... Because the devil has said that he is not a God of the valley. Then God will show up in the valley and prove to the devil that he's as much God of the valley as he's God of the mountain. Tell that devil tonight, I may be in a valley, but God is the God of the valley. And there's no weapon formed against Isn't it amazing? That's where Goliath showed up thinking he could whip him from the valley. He was trying to call him in the valley. The armies of God was on the mountain. Come on off into the valley and whip me. And you know what happened? They was paralyzed with fear. A giant had all of them sitting on the, sitting them on the side of the hill. But there was a little fella coming to town. His name was David. <laughs> Brother Bram said David wasn't in the swing of things. You know what? When he when, when Brother Branham explains this, he said he went to New York. Remember that? He said, I went to New York and a lady fell down in front of me and I stopped and picked her up. And somebody said, You must not be from New York. You you ain't in the swing of things. He said that guy said to him, Give you a few months and you'll get in the swing of things. Well, let me tell you, I'm not in the swing of things. No, sir, I'm not in the swing of letting the devil away with it. I'm not in the swing of just laying down and letting the devil run over the church. Let the devil do what he wants to. I'm not in the swing of it. If the bride falls down, I think we ought to pick her up. I think we ought to dust her off and say, listen, you're more than that. You're greater than that. You're better than that. Come on, church. Come on, little bride. Let me tell you what Brother Branham said. You're not off the army up on the side of the mountain. You're the Davids, he said. Every one of you is a David. That, that, that giant made a boast. And Brother Branham said it fell on the wrong ears. It fell on the wrong ears. 
I love that, don't you? It fell on the wrong ears. And David began to prophesy. He began to say, well, listen, if you let me go down in that valley, I'll prove to him the same God that destroys lions. The same God that destroys bears. It's the same God that destroys the giants, even if he's in the valley. Saul said, look, you can't go fight this battle. And if you're going to, take my armor. And David said, wait a minute. Let me put it in layman terms. David said, wait a minute. If you're scared to face a giant with your armor, why would I want to wear it? People say, well, you need my theology. You need my doctrine. If you're afraid to face these devils with your doctrine, why would I want it to face these devils? I'm not going to face a devil with a doctrine. I want the power of the living God, the anointing of this message to come upon me and allow me to destroy the devil. There's a lot of revelation in this. But I'll tell you this. I did a study one time. I'm not going to give you the whole study. But I did a study one time. And I think it was over 30 feet. You couldn't get within 30 feet of David. Or of the Goliath. Because of the size of his arms. And the size of his spear. That a normal soldier couldn't get within 30 feet of that devil. So God knew it would take something besides the sword of Saul. It would take a man who believed in a supernatural God. Who could do it from a distance. David had experience with a slingshot. He said, just give me what I got in my hand. I know this one. Remember what he done? He come off of the mountain. Brother Bram said he stopped down there by the creek. And he picked up five stones. He picked up five stones. Well, we were testifying about a rock, wasn't we? That rock's been laying in that valley all this time. He said, all this time? Oh, yeah. If you do a little study, that valley is pretty much very, very close to the valley. One day when Joshua was in the middle of a battle and he was fighting against five kings, the scripture says it come to the evening time and the, and the, and the light was going out. Greatest battle ever fought in the evening time when darkness is settled, but somebody spoke the word. And the spoken word become light to fight the greatest battle. We are not fighting this devil under a natural light. We're standing under the supernatural light of the spoken word of God. It's a supernatural light on a supernatural people. It's a supernatural battle. In that battle, the Bible tells us that God rains stones out of the heavens. And killed more devils with the stones. More giants died with the stones than Joshua killed with the sword. (laughs) Those stones have been laying there since the time of Joshua. When that stone saw David coming. He looked up at David and said, pick me, pick me, pick me. Oh, I want to go back in the battle. I want to prove I'm a giant killer. God rained them down on giants to begin with. He was anointed to kill giants. He was designed to kill giants. He just needed a hand. He just needed somebody who would release him. Come on, bride. This prophet in this age sent come revelation stones that was sent into the age. And William Branham destroyed giant after giant after giant. But them revelations has been laying in the word waiting for the bride to come along. And with a hand of faith, with a hand of faith, pick up your rock tonight, bride. And throw it at that devil and let the power of God direct it to your Goliath. 
You don't have to be a good shot. You gotta have faith. You don't have to be a powerful thrower. You gotta have faith. Chuck a rock. I'm not a scientist, but Brother Branham said that rock was moving faster than the speed of sound. There must have been a sonic boom went off down in that valley. Somebody said, what in the world happened? I don't know. That guy let go of a rock and a sound come out of him. It must have been a blast like seven thunders blasting out in the valley when rocks begin to rain out of heaven. Come on, John. Reach down and pick up the book. Reach down and pick up the revelation. Come on, you're David. You're John. David was in a position for a miracle. David was not in a position to get whipped. David was in a position for a miracle. You're in a position for a miracle. But David released that rock and destroyed that giant. He did it by the power of God. And that's the same way the bride of Christ will destroy the giants in the last day. They'll do it by the power of God. Let me tell you, if you hold your peace, if you hold your peace, there'll be a rock take your place. I know we got a lot of, we got a lot of, we got a lot of, uh, how can we say it? We got a lot of praise police in the churches. They got a lot of wet blankets going around make sure nobody don't get no wildfire. Well, I'm going to tell you, I ain't seen much wildfire around the messages. You said, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about, I, I'll be honest with you. What I'm seeing here is just perfectly in order. <laughs> Somebody went and said, well, Brother Wayne, they get too loud. Do you recognize that you're in the quietest place you're ever going to be? You're in the quietest place you're ever going to be. I said, Brother Wayne, how is it the quietest place? Brother Brandon said, if you go to hell... He said, there's going to be screaming and nailing and thrashing of teeth. He said, there's going to be loud down there. He said, and if you go up into heaven, he said, there's going to be rejoicing and there's going to be praising. He said, I don't know how noisy it'll be. Isaiah, Isaiah went to the temple. Remember that? The Bible says that the voice of one angel shook the temple. Brother Brown said, if one angel will shake the temple... There's millions of them angels up there. Heaven is a roar of the praises of God where people are worshiping God. The angels are making noise up there. That's all they've ever done. People say, well, I don't want you to worship God like that. Let me ask you something. What would you have our young people do? Where would you have them to have fun? Would you want them to go down to the bar to dance? Would you want them to go down to the honky-tonk and dance? Amen. But why not dance in the house of the Lord? Why not let the anointing of God come in the house of the Lord? Anything the devil has is a perversion of something God has. If there's a perverted dance, then there's a real one. If there's a perverted alcohol, there's a real wine. If there's a perverted drug, there's a real drug. He said, I am the lily of the valley. I'm the bride and the morning star. You want to get high? Get on Jesus. You get the greatest high. And it'll keep lifting you and lifting you and lifting you. You can go higher. Sure you can. You say, how do I go higher? Just flap your wings. Just flap your wings, little eagle. You can go higher and higher and higher until you break out of this dimension. 
Oh, it's too loud, Brother Wayne. Let me tell you this. If you get up into heaven, you ain't only going to have angels to contend with. You're going to have me to contend with. David Mayer's going to be there. You're going to look up and see a, a man running down the Jordan and a whole group of angels trying to catch him. You'll say, there goes Brother David. Oh, there's Brother Michael right behind him. If you get up to heaven, you're going to have me to get... Let me, let me just say this. You don't think I'm going to let an angel out dance me, do you? Amen. I want you to hear me. An angel never got saved. An angel never been lost. An angel never been delivered. But I was lost and God saved me. I was lost and the Holy Ghost found me. I've got a right to dance. I've got a right to praise God. I was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, you don't like that? Then watch this. Watch this. Amen. I got a right to do it. It's a birthright. It's a birthright. Come on. David ran into the battle. And the church of the living God ought to be able to dance into the battle. We ought to not be a bunch of uh, a drug down, mellow. Oh, God, I, can't, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I, come on. You're the bride of Jesus Christ. The most anointed people on the face of the earth. You are to say, I don't know where the devil is. Amen. But somebody wake him up. I've got to kick him a little more. I've got to give him a little. Come on, church. It's your age. It's your time. It's your anointing. Well, go ahead. It's Jesus you're worshiping. Brother Wayne, I think it's out of order. No, sir, it's not out of order. This is the season of worship. It's the very season of worship. Well, Brother Wayne, I'm back here and I'm having a, I'm having a really hard time. Well, listen, let me, let me just say something to you. God led them children of Israel right up to the Red Sea. They were following the pillar of fire. I want you to hear me. It was not a mistake. They were in the hardest place of their life. But they were in a position to see the greatest miracle of their life. You know the difference between somebody that, somebody that boats and somebody that sails? A good sailman can sail right into the wind. The winds of opposition does not sail somebody, stop somebody who can sail a boat. It propels them. And nor does opposition stop the church of the living God. It presents a challenge, but we are anointed for the challenge. It presents hardships, but we are God's got a people. Amen. That prove to him he's still God in the valley. He's still God of the valley. That was a valley the Red Sea was in. It was a valley the Red Sea was in. And God showed up on the banks and told Moses, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you sitting around crying? Come on, church. Have not I sent thee? Have not I commissioned thee? Have not I anointed thee? Then why 
speak to this mountain. Speak to this sea. Moses prophesied and said, these Egyptians you see today, (laughs) you'll see them no more forever. And when that Red Sea opened up, look what they done. The God of Abraham, who was that bright light, moved out from the front of the children of Israel and went behind them. And he turned his face towards the Egyptian army and held them in darkness while the children of Israel moved in light. Look at the power of this. They broke out and went across that Red Sea. Two million. Two million. They went out across that Red Sea. And them people that was in the back, they must have been a little worried. I hope the spiritual ones don't get out and God close this door. Now watch, they get out there. Baby back there in the back. A couple of them's talking. Hey, quiet down a minute. I hear something. What is it? I don't know. It's great noise. Is it the noise of war? What, what, what is that noise? What is that noise? I don't know. I can't tell from here. Somebody whispers up the line and says, what's the noise? He says, there's Egyptians on the other side too. What's the noise? And the word comes back down the line. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no. Somebody break through out there. Somebody's already come out of the Red Sea. There's been a breakthrough on the other side. What you're hearing is the sounds of victory. They've reached the other side. And all of a sudden the sounds begin to come down the line. Victory sounds went from the front to the back. Moses never stopped it. Moses never held them down. Moses began to prophesy over them. Moses began to sing while they rejoiced. I've I, I went this far. i got to go the rest of the way. You know what happened? The Bible records it. It said Miriam took a tambourine. And the women of Israel joined her. And they danced up and down the banks of the Red Sea. Two million people. I'd done a study on it one time. Kind of done the best I could get. But I found, I think it was 600,000 females out of a two million group of people. At the demographics is about 600,000 females would be in a group of 2 million people. Can you imagine? There's two, there's 200 of you here maybe. And you hear the sound. Can you imagine 600,000 Israelites who had been in bondage for 400 years had just saw the enemy of their life. The devil that had killed babies. The devil that had destroyed their lands and their lives was laying in the sea dead. They shouted and rejoiced because they saw the death of their enemies. I'm not shouting tonight because I'm a fanatic. I'm shouting because I have saw the death of my enemy. God has raised us up. Said, preacher, I don't know. We've heard this story. Do you know? Do you know that Moses wrote a song on those banks? How many knows that? Do you know the book of Revelation says you'll sing that song in heaven? <laughs> Do you know why Moses wrote that song? Because they didn't have any about the Red Sea. 
Because no person had ever saw an army devoured by a sea. Nobody had ever saw an entire army swallowed in a sea. So under present inspiration, he wrote a song. And that song will be sung in heaven. But there's another song sung in heaven at the same time. It's called the Song of the Lamb. The Song of the Lamb is the song that's released. When Revelations, the fifth chapter is opened up, the Bible said they sung a new song. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. That is the song of the redeemed. The song of the Brother Ryan, that's why you're writing those songs. Young people, that's why the inspiration is coming. I know there's some there's some that people believe you can't you can't sing a song if somebody in the bride didn't write it. But can I give y'all a little hint? The world don't have any inspiration. If they got any inspiration, it's coming from you. I can prove it by the Bible. When the water come out of the rock, two million people drank from that rock. Amen. But after the water left Israel, y'all know where it went? It run down into the sands. It run down into the country. And every kind of person drank the same water. That water wasn't there for the Canaanites or the Amalekites. But they got the benefit of Israel being there. And God has sent an inspiration of the message in this age. And the charismatic world is feeling the benefits. So when you sang a good song somebody else wrote, that was your song to begin with. That song don't belong to the world. It belongs to you. They sung that new song. Amen. What was it? Amen. They was able to sing those songs. Amen. Because God had given them that liberty. <laughs> now listen. They praised and they worshipped. And they enjoyed because they were seeing the death. By the time they were in a position to see it. They were in a position to believe it. Come on now. You don't believe Jesus changed, do you? You don't believe he's changed any since those days. What about when Jesus was, what about when Jesus was there and he, and he had 5,000 out there who were hungry? He had 5,000 that were hungry and they didn't have anything to eat. You know what he did? He caught a little boy coming by with a lunch and he took a lunch of a little boy and he fed an entire congregation of people who were on their way home. People that were sitting there that had seen every kind of miracle. They'd seen every kind of thing, but God was going to feed them that meal. Now watch this. There wasn't enough to go around. So God took the lunch. And our Lord Jesus began to break the bread. I think it's amazing the way Brother Bram says it. He said the disciples made a line. And he said he would break the bread and give it to them. He said then they would take that bread and disperse it among the people. Now, why didn't he just do it all at once? Brother Bram said there was a routine in it to prove something. He said that every person that come to him got the same thing. He said, so when he broke the bread and you come, he said, Jesus the same. The next person, yesterday, today, forever. Every person that come got the same thing. He said, then there was a line formed. He said, now you are in your turn in that line. He said, now do you, do you want to go down and catch your own fish? Do you want to go down and get your own bread? But you're actually the next person in the line. The portion of God for the age you're living in, you're right there in line for it tonight. Now listen, 
Now listen, if you're in that line tonight, I recognize. I recognize standing in that line, there's disappointments. I recognize if you're following this message, there's disappointments. I recognize that there is, there is devils of every kind trying to twist you away from the Word of God. But listen to me, if this message has done something for you, it's brought you back to the same position that every believer that ever met Jesus was standing in, you're in that position now. You are the woman at the well. You are Lazarus in the tomb. You are the disciples that was in the ship. You're the group that was in the upper room. This message has brought Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You said, Brother Wayne, but I'm in the valley. But let me tell you this. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. He called Goliath to the valley. When David saw the Philistines in the time of the mulberry bush, they were in the valley. They were attacking from the valley. Come on now. Do you know where that valley is located? It's located on the Golden Heights. It's in the West Bank. Do you know what it's called in modern days? It's called the Valley of Tears. How many knows where that valley come from? It came from the war of 1967 when Israel was being infiltrated by Syria in the time of Yom Kippur. When they were busy worshiping God. I hope you're hearing me now. When they were busy worshiping God, Satan decided that they're focusing on their God right now and I can blindside them. Dumb devil. Dumb devil. Because Syria had possession of the Golden Heights at that time. It was Israel's land, but Syria had possession. But Syria decided, I'm going to get more. I'm going to take more from Israel. I'm going to attack them while they're worshiping God and got their attention off of me. I'm going to blindside them. And they brought, I don't know how many, 1,500 tanks, I think it was. How many was it? Twelve to 1,500 tanks. I think Israel only had 300 tanks on that Golden Heights side. To protect themselves. Amen. Within what just within a couple days, the, the, the fleet of Israeli uh, tanks had been reduced to three tanks. That was about 750 Syrian tanks coming up the hill and three little Israeli tanks to protect the land of Israel. But they were in the valley. But they were in the valley. The Syrians all of a sudden just turned around and went home. They turned around and went home. Later somebody in the in the in the in the press went and went and began to interview and begin to ask, Why? Why did y'all turn around and go home? You had Israel by all rights. They were out of ammo. They were out of men. They only had a few tanks. You could have captured the whole land. And that Syrian general said, oh. He said, I'll tell you why. He said, because when we come upon the thing, he said the entire hills were full of angels. And there was a white hand that come down out of heaven and said, stop right there and don't come any further. He said, you would have went home too. 
Well, let me tell you something tonight. You may feel like you're out of weapons. You may feel like you're out of tanks. But you're in the valley. And you're worshiping the God of the valley. I seen a hand coming out of heaven. I heard a voice say, Satan, touch not my anointed. Satan, take your hands off of Cloverdale, by the way. Take your hands off of the church of the living God. Come on, bride. Take your sword out. Cut the head off of Goliath. Hang him on a pole tonight. And tell the devil that's what happens when you attack the church of the living God. Brother Michael, hold your place. You're in a position for a miracle. Brother Murphy, hold your place. You're in a position for a miracle. Brother Tom, I know it gets hard. Hold your place. So, Brother Wayne, what are you talking about? <laughs> you got to hold your position. You're influencing others. You got to hold your position. You're standing in a line. You're standing in a place. Miracles happen. You're standing in a position where miracles take place. So, by the way, I've not ever seen a miracle. You've been through a meeting that you're in tonight, and you've never saw a miracle. You're a miracle yourself. You're in the middle of the most wicked of all ages. And here you're standing on a Saturday night. Praising and rejoicing and fighting and getting grips of the Holy Ghost power. Listen, friend. You're in the right place. Just hold still. Just hold still a minute and watch God begin to do something. You get confused and you start looking for it. And you're not going to be looking at it anymore. You start getting confused and wondering, is it right? Is it wrong? Should I? Should I not? And when you start getting that way, you get, in, you get, in, you, you get unstable. Here's how you stabilize yourself. Do you know how to do it? The prophet said, if you catch a glimpse of the invisible God, it will stabilize your life. It will stabilize your action. Because you have seen something that will stabilize you. Listen, let me me give you this quote. A prophet said this. He said, life is already in the body. He said, Christ is already in the church. So preacher, what does that mean to me tonight? Well, I'll tell you what it meant to some disciples one night. When the ship was rocked. And the storm was on. Brother Bram said he was already in the ship. He said, you're a mud ship. And there's a life that's already in you. He said, then eternal life. Eternal life is already in you.
said, Brother Wayne, why, why, why is that important to me? Why is it important to me? Because I'm telling you this. If you ever see what I'm saying to you, that the Word has become the bride, and the bride has become the Word, then there is no way to separate her from that Word. Now you understand why Paul said, nothing coming, nothing present, and nothing has been that can separate you from the love of God. Can our musicians come tonight? What is it, Brother Wayne? Oh, I know you might be in the valley of your life. I've seen the hand come out of heaven. I felt the anointing come upon the church. But Michael was telling me last night, one of the sisters, I don't know if they're here tonight, said they had to take their baby out and they were sitting in a cabin up here listening to the meeting from a distance. Said all of a sudden when the anointing fell in the room and y'all began to rejoice, said her baby come over and crawled in her lap and said, what's going on down there, mama? Shout of the king. He's coming to the camp. Begin to electrify the entire campgrounds. Listen, what you're experiencing tonight is not an emotion. And I know there's a thousand devils coming to tell you it is. But it's not an emotion. What you're feeling is not an emotion. You tell me one time. You tell me one time I ask you to do anything. You tell me one time that I ask anything from you. But you know why you're responding? Because you're a believer. And the word of God has been prophesied over you all night long. And because you're a believer, you can't help it. There's something in you, you can't help it. You cannot keep from it happening. You're in line for a miracle. You're standing at the fiery furnace. Part of the flames, brother. The Son of Man's in there. You ain't about to die. You're about to get some liberty. Brother Murphy, they went in that fire bound. Hand and foot. <laughs> I love a prophet. My, I, 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 I sat and read Brother Brown. I had to get up and run around my chair. <laughs> y'all, y'all would think I was crazy if you watched me study. I get up and run back and forth in my room. <laughs> Go over and sit down, read a while, get up and move. Can't stand it. I was reading that here the other day and I was reading about them, them boys getting through in there and I thought, my, my, threw them boys in the fire. <laughs> Brother Brown said, he said, God come all the way out of the heavens and stopped by the sea of life and picked a palm leaf and flew right into that fire. He said he was sitting there flaming the fires. He said, and there they were sitting, having fellowship. Can I, can, can I, can I make you inquisitive? What were they talking about? You ever think about that? Is it, that I'm not the only guy that ever thought about that. If they were fellowshipping, what were they thinking? What were they talking? What would God talk to you about in the middle of a fire and you sitting there tied up? Tell you what Brother Ram said it was. He said they were fellowshipping about their future. <laughs> it wasn't the end. It was the beginning. Because now they knew. 
Now they knew I can stand the fire. Now they knew I don't have to bow to a devil. I, God will deliver me because he's God on the mountain. He's God in the valley. He's God in the fire. He's God in the trials. The only thing the fire did was lose some. And when they come out, they were more dangerous than they had ever been. <laughs> Woo! There's a pride tonight. More dangerous. Look out, devil. She's loose. She's loose. There's a pride loose. She's loose with the word of God. She's free to worship. She's free to shout. She's free to praise. She's free to prophesy. She's free to rejoice. She's free to sing. Right now, 
She's getting it. She's getting it. I want you to say, I got it. I got it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I deny the devil. I deny him in the name of Jesus Christ. I've heard enough word tonight that set my soul on fire. emotion saints this is what I've been born to be a devil slayer amen a son of a living God I know in whom I have believed and I am fully persuaded that he is more than able to drive every devil out of your life the Jesus that you heard about tonight is the Jesus that is here living in a people I believe we can praise Him with all that's within us. As our brother Wayne says tonight, no devil's going to outdance me. No devil is going to outshoot me. No devil is going to outpraise me. How great is my God.
this anointing is here tonight. Our brother Ron Spencer contacted me before the meeting. He said, Brother Wayne, when the anointing gets in the building, he said, I request that you would pray for our brother Biscoll tonight. So tonight I would, if it would be all right with you, many of you, it's your pastor. To me, it's been a great inspirational leader in my life. Brothers, if you would, Brother Tom, would you just come here? And you just stand for our brother tonight. You brethren, would you come? Right here where that anointing has been. I'm going to lay my hand upon my brother Tom. I want you. I want you tonight as believers. Connect yourselves one with another. Lay your hand on somebody and let's ask the Holy Ghost to touch our brother Biscoe tonight. I want you to, I want you to begin to pray for our brother Biscoe tonight and ask the Lord to touch his body. Strengthen him. Heavenly Father, I lay my hand upon my brother Tom. He's standing in proxy for his pastor tonight. Our brother Biscoe, Father, has been a leader among us. He's been a leader among the church of the living God. He's touched lives all over the world, Lord. He's been a witness of this untimed message. He's been the inspiration of many sermons, Lord. And Father, tonight he's in need. He's in need in his body. But Father, this church is standing together tonight. We lay our hands upon Brother Tom, but we lay our hands on Brother Biscoe tonight, and we ask you to touch his body, Father. May you strengthen him. May you comfort him, Father. May you feel him, God. Rejuvenate his body, Lord. Give him a fresh anointing. Give him a fresh experience in his life. Father, I pray you comfort him, oh God. May you, Father, that angel that he talks about, that angel that visited in the car with Brother Brown, may it Go to the house with him even tonight. Father, may you visit him, Lord. May you give him that great inspiration tonight. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, under the commission that you have given us by the written word and by the commission of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I lay my hands. I bind every devil. I bind every sickness. I bind every spirit of discontent. I bind every spirit of nervousness. I bind the spirit in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, release the anointing of God upon these lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name we receive it oh God he's our pastor he's a man of God we stand together united defeating the enemy in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah glory to God we receive it in Jesus name we receive it in Jesus name we receive it in Jesus name Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 Lord. Go throughout the building right now. Let the angel of the Lord move upon each and every one of us. He's our healer. He's our savior. He's our deliverer. He's our fountain. He's everything to me. He's everything to us tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. I claim my family in the name of Jesus Christ. We'll not leave our little ones behind. Not a hoof. 
know nothing. We take God at his word. The enemy that you have seen, you will see no more. Amen. I'm not looking to the 600,000 to rejoice. I'm looking for a couple hundred thousand to rejoice, to rejoice. Hallelujah. Our God is a God of the impossible. He's a God of miracles. And he does miracles so great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This poor man cried, Brother Ryan. This poor man cried. Oh, God. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard me. And saved me from my enemies. The Son of God did rouse him.
just shout a praise. He doesn't need miracles so, so great. Hallelujah. 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 You've been waiting for this, saints of God. You've been waiting for this. Let Don't let the stones cry out. Let the lively stones start crying out. Praise His holy name. We bless Your holy name. Hallelujah. Jesus, how great. How great. How very great You are. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Brother Brown said, look, he says, in the presence of God. The first meeting opened up on the road to Emmaus. What things? I want you to say, this is a great thing that's happening to me. Brother Paul, this is what we've lived for. Paul, this is what we've lived for. That God, the great baptizer, would come in a meeting such as this and drive out the coldness and bring forth life. Give a young people a freedom that you've never had before. That you can leave this tent not looking for another revival. You can say, I am this revival. I am this revival. I don't need Brother Tom. I don't need Brother Michael. I don't need Brother Murphy. I got the God of glory living in me. And that revival is alive and it's living and it's thriving. Where's the bride's revival? Where is the bride's revival? I want you to lift up your hand and say, I am the bride's revival. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. How great. I don't know if we sang it already or you sung it before, but I want to say, how great is my God? He's great. How very great is he? I want to ask you, how great Isabel is he? He's so great. He's so great, honey. He's so great. That God would be so mindful of us to send a message such as we heard tonight. Have we gone through tough times? Yep, but we're going to run to the battle. We're not going to flee. We're not going to go away. This is what we've been called for. We start to hear our name. Our name, my name. You've been hearing your name in the book. Your name's been written in the book. And you've been hearing your name all through these services. My God. He's my friend. He's your friend. Invite him to go with you as we leave the tent. And we rejoice in the goodness of God. You don't need, you don't need 200 people to praise him. You don't need him because you can praise him by yourself. We're just joining one another. (laughs) We're just joining one another. Saying glory to Jesus, glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Worthy to be praised. Oh, Brother Tom, you're doing it all by yourself, but I'd like you to join me. He is worthy. He is holy. He is righteous. He is everything. Hallelujah. 
because we're going to leave this tent, saints of God, and we won't be together, but I won't lose my praise. And you will not lose your praise. Because it's not by the emotion. It's by the word that's living in me. How great, how great, how great. What's that other song? Yeah, he does miracles. He
we bless your name. We bless your name. In this closing moments, Lord, we want to bless your name. We've heard the word. We bless your name. We've received your word. We want to bless your name. Breathe on your people, Lord. We love you, Father. Lord, different ones around this little tent maybe lost their way, but the great shepherd and chief bishop of their souls has called, found them in the thicket, Lord. You reached down and you lifted him in the arms of love. You cradled him. You spoke to them. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. For the very presence of the great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Young people, it's a good thing just to open up your mouth. And just to say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you, Lord. I bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't pass me by, oh gentle Savior. Don't pass me by. You're blessing this brother. You're blessing this sister. Don't pass me by, Lord. How do you end a meeting like this? How do you end it? How do you end it? Just let the Holy Spirit go with you. Let the presence of God bathe you. Just allow Him, allow Him in your heart to take Lordship. God's doing great things tonight, saints. God's done some very great things and people, some people just, it just goes right over, right over. But I know God's done some very great things tonight. And I know it has not been emotion, it's just been Christ himself, the word of the Lord. Let's just bow our heads. We have service tomorrow, it's at 10.30. Come with great expectation that let the Lord Himself come down and let the capstone have His way. Brother David, I'm 
going to ask you to close us in a word of prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, how thankful we are, Lord God, for the love you have towards us. Lord, to be in your presence, Lord, is all that matters. And we thank you, Father, Lord, for the word that we heard. Lord God, we know that our faith, faith cometh by hearing, hearing of your word. And Father, Lord, we say amen to every word that has been spoken. Lord, we will, once again, we remind Satan that he is defeated. That we are the bride of Jesus Christ. An invincible army. Father, Lord... Many giants have been killed tonight. And we want to give you all the glory. And nothing can stop my praise. Nothing can stop me from glorifying you, Lord God. Lord God, so we give you all the praise. Lord, now when we leave the place, Father, we pray. May your presence go with us, Lord. In our cabins. And may you continue, Father, to bless each and every one, Father. From the youngest to the oldest. Lord, may you be with those that are in church in Cloverdale. Those that are maybe gathered in a house. Maybe those that are streaming, Father God. Oh, the Shekinah glory is here. May you go, Father Lord, and touch everyone, Father. Lord, we pray for your servant, Brother Wayne. Lord, he poured his heart out. How thankful we are, Lord God, to have servants. Lord, that stand for you, Lord God. So I pray now, Father, may you renew his strength. Lord God, oh, mightily Father God. And Lord, may you anoint him for tomorrow morning, Father. Lord, we will come, Lord, expecting more of you, Father, because we are the seed of God and we are an absorbent of your presence. So, Lord God, we say we want more of you and more of you, Father. But, Lord God, we want to give you praise, Lord, because moments as these are so precious, Lord God. Father, we don't want to miss the moments. We don't want to miss, Lord, the moment to give you praise. Thanks and honor to you and you alone. Bless each and every one now we pray, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Brother Jonathan, is there a, a that Sharpie there? Anybody know what I'm thinking? That's fine. That's right. That's what I'm thinking. How many got the victory tonight? Mm-hmm. 
many want this Sharpie? No, I'm serious, man. We don't want to stomp the devil tonight. Come on, we've rejoiced. We've worshipped. Young people, you heard a preacher preach. And heard about how they would write Haman on the bottom. Just a second. I'm just about ready to auction it. That you want to put this on the bottom of your foot. Whatever you've got... And whatever victory you've got, how many want this pen to put that devil on your ship and keep stomping him until you're done? How many want this pen? How many? Let's have a scrum. No, I'm only kidding. Esther, because you said you wanted it, you can have it. Amen, Sister Esther. You walk on that thing. You stomp that thing. Amen. This is the house of God. We can rejoice. We praised him. We worshiped him. Now we're going to tell the devil we are the victory. Write it down. Keep on doing it. Take your time. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine, Paul. Victory is yours. This is what we've lived for. Write it down. Victory is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Come on, daddies. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Oh, joy is mine. My joy is mine. Oh, joy today is mine. <laughs> I told Satan just to get thee behind. Joy today is mine. Happiness. Happiness is mine. Glory, happiness is mine. Oh, happiness today is mine. And I told Satan, get thee behind. Oh, happiness today is mine. Let's do it, say. Oh, joy is mine. Yes, joy is mine. Joy today is mine And I told Satan Just get thee behind Joy today is mine Victory! Oh, victory is mine My victory is mine Victory today is mine I I told Satan, get thee behind, victory today is mine, one more time, oh victory is mine, yes victory is mine, victory today is mine, oh I told Satan, 
but we got the mighty angel. We are the rapture. This is what we believe.
Riverdale Bible Way. I trust the presence of the Lord that is that is here is there, Brother Roy, Brother Sam. We're giving God all the glory. Hallelujah. We're one body. One bread. Yes, sir. What God's doing here, He's doing in Cloverdale. Amen, 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 amen. Glory, glory, glory. Give Him a wave offering, say. Hallelujah. I think we heard about the fourth man tonight, didn't we? Did we not hear about the fourth man? Brother Ryan? Brother Ryan. See? He wrote it way back. And we're just now taking it and rejoicing in it. Brother Ryan, lead us in it. We're going to be with you wherever you go. (laughs) Wherever you go. Come on. The moment now has come There's nothing to be done My accusers stand before me And there's nowhere left to run And so it ends this way choice that I have made. Oh, but suddenly, what is this I see as I'm cast into the fire?
very happy to hear us say, my, 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 my. <laughs> it's a my, 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 my moment. Amen. I've been electrified. We are electrified. <laughs> Amen, brother. We're electrified. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. I'll take this. I'll take this, brother Chad. I'll take this presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, sir. Brother Ronnie. You're a bunch, we're with a bunch of, what do we call ourselves? Believers. We just enjoy it. Huh? I didn't see anybody running out of the tent. No, did you, Esther, did you see somebody running out of the tent? Only devils. Only devils. Thank you. Only devils. Only devils. a smile on your face or something definitely wrong. I know they're smiling in Cloverdale. Amen. I know, saints of God, that we've been rejoicing in the presence of the great I am. I want to thank these precious brethren. I don't know if we'll have a chance tomorrow. I think we could be raptured tomorrow. So I want to thank these men of God. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. You let the glory roll? Oh, I'm going to let the glory roll. Brother Michael wants to sing the glory. I can I can get there. <laughs> we'll do both. <laughs> I'm going to let the glory roll in the roll of glory. Inside myself when I get beside the king. That day I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over.
nothing I've done, but it felt that you showed me mercy. And I tell this story for the good Lord's glory and to magnify his name. So now you've heard, so let's stay with the word and pray for revelation. And through the power of the word and the hour, we'll overcome temptation.
Yeah. Okay. 
got a song. Oh, we're digging. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David dance. Oh, I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like David dance. Oh, I will dance, I will dance, I will dance like
the shout of the king is in the camp. The bride sees her position and we worship our Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, well, you, that's up to you. I know where I'm going. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way. Praise God, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way. straighten me out. Feel free to straighten me out. Okay. You're all straightened. You're all good. It was me. Sing it the way it says it on the screen. Is that what we do? No, go to the chorus. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Okay. You ready? You ready? You can sing this one? Oh, yeah. The last time you sang it, that was just practice. This is the real deal. Amen. Well, I was guilty. Of all the charges, oh, I was doomed and disgraced. Oh, but Jesus, with his special love, oh, he saved me by his grace. Oh, and he pleaded, and he pleaded, well, he pleaded my case. Well, Jesus dropped the charges, oh, my Jesus dropped the charges. Praise his name. He dropped charges. 
You're guilty. There ain't nothing you can do. But you're going to death. You're sentenced to die. And you're standing on the stand. Just imagine that. Because that's every single one of us. Including me standing there. And I deserve death. Sentenced to death. He was crucified. That was what you and me both deserved. All of us deserve was standing there. And you're waiting for it. Case dismissed. Oh my, oh my goodness. Can you imagine the weight, the weight upon you knowing death is right next? That's the next step is death. And you're waiting for it. Case dismissed. Glory. jump and shout. Nothing will. Amen, Andrew. I know you want to sing this one with me. Get up here and sing it. I was guilty of all the charges. I was doomed in disgrace.
Washed by the blood of the Lamb. Do you know what it is not to have one guilty feeling?
day I'm looking for another another move of the Holy Ghost may the Holy Spirit anoint brother Wayne in a special way God strengthen him and give him words he has not even thought of because God knows exactly what we have need of wasn't it wonderful to be in the house of God not planned you know there's no schedule can you imagine we used to rent this camp You'd already have to be in your cabins. Lights out. But we don't have any schedule, Derek. We don't have any schedule whatsoever. Nope. Nope. You want to stay here all night? Sure. <laughs> I'm not saying to do it, though. <laughs> That's next camp, all right? <laughs> oh, we don't know. No, that's right. You might not have February. This might be the last one more song. Well, my goodness. If I listened to everybody in here, we'd be here 400 songs. <laughs> All right. Well, tomorrow. What song did you have on your mind? The original life? Tomorrow. You want to do it now? Okay. Why not? <laughs> the original life, the original sea, the original word, in what I believe, the Son of Man is revealed, the seventh seal is unveiled, the original life, the original sea, God's attributes were manifested to his pride in this last age. We have caught the revelation by the last prophet's message. And we know who we are and 
original scene. We are the word made flesh today. This is what the scriptures say. And our names are seen within, redeemed and perfect with our sin. Yes, we are anointed and inspired by our God. The original bless you saints in Cloverdale. God be with you too. Amen.